Welcome to Scotch for Dummies. I'm Sean. I'm Mark. And I'm Drew. And I'm Andrew. And uh, this evening we are going to be discussing a Kill Homan that we reviewed. It's the STR Cask Matured. Uh, so what's up with this bottle? Uh, what's up? It, it came from Vine and Table. So I, I picked this up. I want to say it was, man, it might have been a little bit saltier on price. I think it was 110 yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a little it bit. Was, it was over 100 bucks. Um, I bought it. We had done an event or a review at Vine Table, and while we were up there, you know, when they let us come in and do a review, I kind of feel like I want to support them, so I wanted to buy a bottle, and this just looked interesting. Mm -hmm. We hadn't done that many Kilhomans, and this one stood out, and there was actually a couple of people that had some good things to say mm -hmm. about it. If it weren't, uh, I'm pretty sure Jeff Timmy, Jeff Timmy was one yep. of them, um, uh, David from, from Vine Table. So uh, we, we picked it up, and it's been sitting down in my, my bar for a long time. I forgot about it. I forgot it was down there. Yep. I mean, so... Yeah. Brought it over and it got mixed reception. That was all over the place at first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing about Kilhoman is that they have, you know, they're a, essentially the kind of farm to table kind of atmosphere where they're trying to keep it local to to Isla, but they're they have so many bottlings. If you go to you know Jeff's house, he's got Kilhoman that, I mean, every right. different casking, every different age. Most of it non-age, but there's so much that they're doing right now that it's it's kind of hard to keep track of kind of their core. I mean, they do have a core. If you yeah. go to their website, they got the Machia Bay, and they've got some other ones that are kind of their core lineup. But there's so many other unique bottlings that it's it's hard to follow. It, it's almost confusing. It is. Um, and that's... Everything that I've had from them has been at least decent. I mean, I, I think that they are really conscientious about trying to put out a good product. Yes. I, I think they oh, take, they take yeah. a swing at some stuff that's a little bit unique mm -hmm. i guess and yeah. so sometimes i think that it, it may be what they were intending but it may just not hit your strike zone right mm -hmm. now the abv is pretty high in this right <clears throat> yeah this is a 50. It's 50 straight 50. yeah 50 percent it stands for what's the str uh shave toasted and recharge yep um shave so <laughs> you find that humorous <laughs> don't you video, yeah. so it's it's basically to give it a little bit i mean it's kind of reconditioned barrel exactly right so you're going to lose a little bit. It, it's almost like getting new wood, really. Yeah, pretty much. You well, know? I mean, because that whatever was in the cask before doesn't penetrate that, that far did. into the and wood. And when you shave it off and then, yeah. Right, so let's go over that real quick. We talked about it in the review, but I found that to be an interesting topic. Cause without going diving into it, I just say those three words, and I'm like, well, what's the point? If you're going to toast it, why do you char it? Well, I mean... Isn't charring just burning a little more than toasting? So why toast no. it first and then char? So, so that's so why toasting is a lower heat process. Right. So think about it being more like just warming up the wood. So really, yes. essentially making toast. How you, if you make toast, it's it's a little bit browned on the outside, but the inside is basically unchanged. It's still Once bread on it. the inside, right? Yeah. Well, that's. That's the next step. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the whole point of it is to get some of those those wood oils flowing and, and heated and heated up and, and moving around a little bit so that you're getting <laughs> things right. moving towards do I want that? Don't, don't even want to know. Stay, stay, on, stay on target. <laughs> so, so Tom has a comment that maybe not be. So good. there's that. Uh, but it's essentially to, to recondition that wood a little bit. So, you know, whatever they put in there, bourbon or whatever, I mean, a, a barrel stave is, is fairly thick. Yeah. And you're only going to penetrate, what, maybe an eighth of an inch? Maybe. maybe quarter, get it up. Yeah. Uh, into that wood, depending on how long Thanks, it sits Tom. there and, yep. and, you know, what the conditions are that it, in the in the rickhouse. That's correct. And so you're shaving off the majority of that. And you're getting rid of all the previous charring. Right. You're re-toasting and reconditioning the wood, and yeah. then you're re-charring the wood. Yes. To yeah. whatever level they wanted to do it. Yeah, so if you it, as you um, toasting it because you're not it's not so intense, you can't actually penetrate deeper into the wood with the toasting than you can with the charring. Right. Because the charring it's is a slower, is fairly lower heater process of toasting yeah. is. It gets so, deeper. So you're going to get a better a deeper profile if you char or if you toast it before you char it. If you just char it, it's just that very skin that's on the inside that's going to be all black and alligator and really really uh, flavorful but if you if you toast it first you can drive that that um browning into the wood deeper right. so when the when the liquor goes through that char and goes into that toasting and pulls it out 
you get a lot more vanillins mm, and things like that, as opposed to the charring, which you get a little more burnt and charcoal, and it's not. Well, and as, it also is more to yeah. me when they do that. It, it's also a purification kind of thing. I think some of that charcoal probably takes out some of the impurities of yeah. the whiskey while it sits in the barrel. Well, that's you know true too. I mean? that, that does mellow it faster. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. So I mean, that to me, that's the the point of the the charring mm -hmm. versus the toasting. Um, it it serves two different points. So you know, essentially, they're putting this in brand new, basically barrel. new. I mean, it's probably got a little bit of uh, of sure. the new previous barrels. contents in yeah. there, but not much. I mean, you're taking off all that all that char, probably. Yeah. If you've ever seen them into, uh, shave a barrel. It's pretty aggressive. I mean, they, they put this thing in there and it just like you know, wood chips everywhere as they, they shave off probably a sixteenth to an eighth of an inch of that barrel. Just shave it I'd out. I'd be curious to see what the, the finances. Is it is it cheaper to do that to a barrel and then reuse it than to just get a used bourbon barrel from, you know, from Kentucky? Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. Say? I, to, char, <laughs> to, to char and retoast it? That's the way cheaper. Well, they're still getting the barrel, uh, well, but now they're adding another step to well, it. Well, the question is, <laughs> did, did they take a dead barrel, shave it, toast yeah, it, Yeah, so they, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation that yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. sparked. But, yeah. um, hey, uh, KB, I see he's Interesting, on. interesting, interesting. Jason <laughs> I'm going to say that you wouldn't want to do that process to a dead barrel. You know, if it's been used four, five, six times, you're going to have used up most of that either it's going to have gone into the whiskey or it's going to have evaporated or well, dried up in some in some fashion so to me this is a barrel that's been used for something maybe once maybe twice and then you're reconditioning it well, to kind of get the last of it out of there right yeah we get some bottle hangers here so the thing is the question is you it depends it really depends on the barrel so that's more research we need to do on when do you um, STR barrel? Is it a new barrel? Is it a dead barrel? Because you can you can shave off that eighth of an inch. So I'm, I'm, what I've got in my hand for the podcast is I've got one of our bottle hangers. It's cut from a stave of wood. And you can see where the liquid line is. You can see where, where it's penetrated through about two-thirds of the wood. You can see there's a line of where liquid is penetrated. And this is a bourbon barrel. So um, so if you shave off all this char and you shave, off, shave that down and then you retoast it, does that bring out more, or have the has the whiskey already extracted all the oils out of it at that point? Well, well or warming the, the the liquid that is now dried into that wood, warming it, what does that do to mm. it? Yeah, that's a good point, well, too. Well, so here's the thing. So let's say we shave this, and so we take about that much yeah. off, right? So you figure that the new whiskey is going to penetrate about that much farther into the, into the wood. So you're not going to be able to do that more than a couple of, maybe once. <laughs> Because oh, eventually, yeah. STRs, I think you do that one. You, it's a one-time deal, yeah. right? But at some point, you have, you know, you've you've still got some of the area where the liquid has penetrated the wood. Mm -hmm. If you shave that off and retoast and rechar, I mean, you're you're getting pretty close to the outside at that point. But you're getting you into are. some wood that hasn't been touched. That's the key. So to That's me, this key. is, you know, three or four times you've used this barrel, and now you're. Reusing it, you're shaving it, toasting it, recharring it, and putting it back into service, and maybe you get two or three more times out of this barrel yeah. at that point before it's just completely dead. That's the thing that Doctor, we need to talk to Doctor Scotch eventually about. Um, what is the maximum number of uses of a barrel before it's worthless? Well, well. I would I would think it depends <laughs> on how long you leave the stuff in there and what you're using it for. Yeah, I mean, I would want kind of a close to dead barrel if I'm going to age a whiskey for forty years. Yeah, well, you know of, what I mean. The type of the liquid that was in there previously, too. Yep, fair what, point. What, so, what kind of you know is it a wine? Is it a port? Is it sherry? Different things, I'm sure, would have a lot more residual, lasting flavor in there than just a newer. Justin O says there's a, a ton of opportunities for bad jokes in this conversation. Oh, there is. And, and and I've been, I have been restraining the entire time. You can't see because I'm turned this way, but it's all tonguing. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've completely. <laughs> Sean and I have had the discussion. We completely missed all the comments online. What, what did we miss? <laughs> On purpose. Um, quite a bit, actually. So people uh, are having a good above time. The above the line. Above the line. Above the line. Honestly, people are just actually asking and talking. Oh. Wow, that was a heck of a five. What did you do? Uh, probably a text from one of these people online that happen to have the number to this phone. No, <laughs> I'm sure I know who it is too. Yeah. Um, so at the, at the end of the day, I mean, it's cool. We can talk about this some more, but did we like it? 
I, yeah, I, I did do. a good job. So, yeah, let's get into so, that. That's what I want to talk about. The I just poured it tonight. I forgot how peated it was. It's really... For you, it, and I think it always goes back to everybody's personal taste and opinion Absolutely. and flavor of that night and palate, etc. But for you, these always, most times, they kind of stick to your wheelhouse of what you're looking for. For me, it's the opposite. It, it was very one-directional. Oh, who's Time this? Out. SoCal Dram Turing. SoCal's got to cut out. Just wanted to say hi. We appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Thank, Thank you so much. Happy appreciate Thursday. Virtual Dram to everyone. So if you're listening or watching online, you got to take a drink. That's the part of the, part of the process. Unless you're driving. You know, if you're listening while you're driving, don't do that. But yeah, it, to, to me, it was, I mean, it still is. It's still very one-dimensional. I mean, the thing is, it's not horrible, but what's getting me is that balance of the price, too, for what you're getting. Point, yeah. Not any statement. Not getting a whole lot out of it. Although, kick, kick back to the ABV. Sure. Yeah, that's nice. I, I love it. Which I mean, gets back is... to our topic tonight. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't like this a little bit more, because to me, tonight, anyway, I get a, a hint of funk on this glass. There is, I, there is a little bit of a funk in the nose. So I honestly... I, I, I'm enjoying this now because it does have that... You can tell it's peated, but there's that warmth. There's the, the vanilla and things that are really coming out. Tonight. I don't really have a, a problem with the glass, per se. I would say that... Uh, I would have to agree with Drew that it is slightly unidimensional for the price that you're paying. If you were selling this at, like, 50, 60 bucks... I'd probably be like, yeah, oh, that seems yeah, right, you know? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Entry this, level, this is worth 70 or 80 bucks. Non-age yeah. statement, I'd probably so, be fine with that, but, you know? But a buck 10? No. But a buck 10? Not for me. I don't know to, about to, that, man. To some people, yeah, not for me. Well, the thing about this is it's good enough that you can really take your time with it. You don't need to keep sipping it to get the flavor. I mean, you can take a sip and then walk away, and you can make a glass last a long time. Yeah. And that is an advantage to this whiskey that adds value, in my view. It's yeah. almost a musty spearmint type on the nose now too. Musty spearmint. It's it's definitely got a, a musty, tangy, funky quality mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's because it's been shaved, toasted, and recharred. It'll get you, you up. Shave Not it. everybody's into that. You put it out in the sun. A lot of people online seem to be right. <laughs> <laughs> You're all so witty. Can you tell from the tasting that it is from a shaved and toasted barrel? I don't See? know. No. If if I were to taste this blind, I wouldn't know that. Well, maybe so, on the charring factor, not so. No. What what I would say no. is you would have to put this particular whiskey up against the exact same whiskey from a barrel that had gone under the same know, conditions. I don't know the differences. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no. I would say no. I mean, you would probably get the exact same thing out of just using a, a ex bourbon barrel that had only been used once, dumping your whiskey in it and going for it. I would say that it probably doesn't have. It's got a little bit more vanilla character to it. Um, a master blender may be able to tell, but my my palate as a dummy is not. I have no idea. Enough. Uh, and I don't know enough about like. this. So, See, we, we the thing I don't know about this is what's the grain bill, and what's you know. So Kilholman is is all over the board with this. They you know like Lagavulin, same grain grain bill every day, every you know that doesn't change with. Uh, Kilhoman, they change their grain bill every day, almost different every day. strains of barley, different strains of barley, different yeast, different casking, different. So you don't know what which grain bill went into the distillate that went into this barrel, and so you don't know that. We, we're, we're gonna I, have to move on because I, I, I'm not gonna be able to resist I, these I jokes here stop. pretty soon. You know, I, I don't even remember what I said in the review. I didn't go back and watch it, but so I think it was pretty even. I did one five. I think you did a. But three, no, you did a two, two. and you did a two, five, and a three, or so, something, something like that. You, I, you guys may be flipped, I don't know. I put a little bit of water on it, I changed the nose on it, and you guys are going to laugh, make fun of this, but to me, right now, maybe it's a little bit stuffed up in it, the, the nose reminds me of sitting in Catholic church when the priest walks by with that freaking ball Incense. that's smoking and he flings it at you and you're yeah. like, oh, that smells pretty good. That's what I'm getting out of this glass. You get incense. See, that's worth it does have. Right there. It does have. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? What kind it, of it's incense? Got, in yeah, it? it's got a specific name. I can't remember. Yeah, like on like a clover uh, type it's of incense. Something. I'm telling you. Well, I know, but there's but a, name, a name, a specific for it. incense that they call oh, it. Um, oh. for that. But you know, the priest walks by. He's got that bond. It's smoking. It comes by, and you're like, oh, that smells pretty good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. I don't know what you're Amen, <laughs> Hey, smoke carried my prayers to heaven. That's what it's for. I'm not here for anything uh, else uh, but the smell. This is a holy glass. I Walk mean, that's pretty cool. That's, That's what I'm getting fine. out of it. Alan Ward is drinking some nice peat. 7.2 Octomore. Nice. Ooh, yeah. I, I don't think we've had big. that, have we? 
Debius she's in. Hey, fashionably late. That's all right. Dallas for 20 years? Nice. So I guess our our takeaway from the Kilhoman STR is going to be it's a mixed bag, right? Like, if it you're is. into Kilhoman, you may like it. I think if you're into Kilhoman, you're getting it. Because if you're into Kilhoman, you like the, the fact that they experiment and really push the boundaries yes, of, of their craft. Right. But if you're listening to this and you're Sensing. looking for your first Kilhoman... Maybe this isn't the bottle. I'd say no, especially at that price. Of course, all kilns are a little bit more expensive yeah. because, you know, it is. Because it's a, like it's, a vine to table right. kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's a farm based. I get it, you know. Yep. But, you know, it makes me want to do more kill homans because I think it's interesting and I, from a, a reviewer standpoint. And I think they do cool stuff you know, and I'd I, like I, to support them. One thing I, I, I forgot to mention, you know, on a little tag, you know, so 14,500 bottles total. And, and I think that's pretty standard for these kinds of releases out of Kill Homan because they don't... Yeah, they don't do a ton of anything, right. really. About 70 casts, give or take. Yeah. Something like that. So guys, anyway. as we move forward tonight, one of the big topics is, is the ABV and how it affects flavor. So I know we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. We got some Dr. Scotch, I think, mm -hmm. is coming up. Do we have any uh, Scotch in the news to talk about tonight? Uh, but yeah, well, you could talk about what you saw on, on Whiskey Cast. That's a really yeah, interesting discussion. Yeah, I mean, it... So they, <laughs> I, I don't know how many people on here listen to Whiskey Cask, but I listen to them every week because I, I, I think it's interesting, the people that they have on. Um, they had on Patricia from Spay this week. Which we're going to go see. And they had on Ed Cole, who is actually going to be in Indianapolis Keeper next, of the Quake, next man. week. Um, super nice guy. Yeah. And he is the importer for Spay in the United States. And so they had them both on because... Um, Patricia has a whole shipment of Spay whiskey bottled in 750 milliliter bottles that's sitting on their shipping dock at Spay that isn't going anywhere. $130,000 of whiskey. Because they had to cancel the order. Yeah. And they had to cancel the order. Ed had to cancel the order because he couldn't get distributors on this side of the pond to pick up the product yep. uh, because of the tariffs. And so... They had a, a very interesting discussion about, especially on Ed's side as a, as a U.S. business, talking about the effects of the tariffs and the fact that, you know, at 25% at you're going to see a lot of these smaller, more independent distilleries, especially the ones that are specifically focused on single malt scotches, right. not blends. Right. Their whole business model is producing Stalled. single malts. Like, this hurts. And it, yep. it hurts because... The U.S. is such a big economy mm -hmm. that a lot of other places are looking at the U.S. to see what they're buying. Yeah, so if true. you're if your product isn't in the U.S., you know, and Why you're in France, and and so you don't have that that high class connotation associated with your brand. Like, why aren't you selling in the United States? You know, well, the tariffs. I I can't get my product into the United States at a competitive price, or I can't find anybody to pick up a new brand because they just don't know how it's going to sell. Uh, so, I mean, that sucks. And what? for Ed, he, yeah. he flat out said if tariffs go to 100%, even the big guys are going to have a lot of trouble. Oh, everybody, yeah. You know, I mean, that's going to be, you know, Diageo and, you know, all of those big brands, well, the, are, they're going to struggle. There's the a special problem with this is it's all in 750 mil. So that can go to, like, the U.S., <laughs> Canada, and South Africa. Not Canada. There, there are certain, there are there's, only like, a, there's like South Africa, and I think there may be one there like other country. That, three countries where you can, you can actually sell 750 milliliter bottles, and it's all bottled already. So they can't ship it to Europe. They can't ship it to, uh, to Asia because they can't sell those size so bottles. So, yeah, I didn't think about it from that perspective because one of my responses to, to Ed's viewpoint, I'm not dis disagreeing with him in any but if I'm one of those smaller distilleries um, and I'm producing that and I can't get into the, to the United States market right now and there's fear of other markets not wanting to buy my product because they don't see it in the U.S., I try to look at the silver lining of it and say, go to those other markets and say, look, I was very popular in, in the U.S. I'm not right now because of these tariffs, which means I got plenty of stock for you. Well, Why don't you give this a try? I mean, you got to get creative. As long as you haven't bottled it yet. But, <laughs> but if it's bottled at 750 and they can't yeah. import it, now your hands are, you You are kind of well, screwed. Well, at the time, you know, you'd have time. to dump it all out of those bottles and re -bottle. Oh, my God, how expensive is that? A lot. You know what? There's people all that, that volunteer to help out in that cost. Right. All those, just, all those bottles you have to throw in the trash now? <laughs> it's tough, man. I it's mean, not worth there, it. There's a lot of... 
of Boy. issues with these tariffs. And so I really they, hope that none of that is the Fumari. Because if that Fumari is not coming to the U.S., that well, stinks. nothing is coming. I know, that's what I'm they're saying. Not inter- they're not importing anything. That's what anything. I'm saying. You know, it's not at all. They just won some serious Ed, awards, too, last week. Ed's know. their uh, guy. Yeah, so, it's our guy. That's what I'm saying. You know, and, and they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, different ways around it. But, you know, Man, and, you know, the other part about it is, and this may be a silver lining for all of us, and maybe not, but uh, Ed said that he had been to several trade shows and everybody's turning towards rum. Rum. Rum, I heard earlier on, I, I mentioned in our 2020, that's rum completely be different this year. Than well, aged rum, not Bacardi. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Come on, man. But, I mean, hey, I'm with him. But, I mean, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, if you can't find a drink at that price point that you can afford to spend it on, and you're, you know, just an average consumer, you walk in the store and you're like, well, I can't really afford scotch, what else is out there? I don't really want to do bourbons, you know. Oh, I haven't tried rums, and they're reasonably priced. I'll give them a shot, you know. And so you get this is how you end up with a whole group, you know, of people going away from a, a product brand, you oh. know. And and in, it's happening to bourbons across the pond, you know. So this is how you end up with distilleries going bust. So I'm gonna have to know? get selfish and say if that happens when the tariffs get lifted. The price of scotch is gonna have to come down to get back into an emerging market, and that's where I come in. <laughs> See what I'm saying? You're there to help. So out, high right? by low. Are, you, are you an importer now? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying I'm going to start getting my scotch at a little bit lower price. I was, I, mean? I was reading an article the other day. We might have some historical uh, context for you. So, at the end of Prohibition, when Prohibition was about to be over, uh, Oof. that's a. It was a uh, Canadian whiskey company. You might have some of this I want to say it was Seagrams, maybe. Uh, but there was a Canadian whiskey company that just produced a ton, yes. a ton of Canadian whiskey and had it sitting on the border. So the day Prohibition ended, they trucked it all in because all the bourbon market was gone. Right. All the distilleries had been closed. And so they just trucked all this Canadian Cha- whiskey down. Ching. And, well, and they, they took over the whole market. There wasn't any competition. They completely saturated the market because they had whiskey available day one. And if and you think, like, oh, that's how Can- Canadian what? Mist got its when, when that's exactly I, right. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I remember when I was a kid, Canadian whiskeys were hot, man. Right, right. I mean, even up until, you know, I was in my early 20s, well, you Crown would see, oil. you know, well, Crown is a little bit different because it always had like more of a, a luxury connotation with the bag and stuff. But like Canadian Club and, yep. you know, all of seven those. And seven. seven and Seven. I used to drink <laughs> Seven and Sevens, you yeah. know what I mean? But everybody had... Canadian whiskeys all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and then they started to, you know, the quality wasn't there. And people started looking for a little better product. But, you know, for a long time, they had the market. I don't know. That little purple bag you get with Crown's pretty nice. You know what I mean? You keep your all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you keep your Dungeons and Dragons in that bag. Uh, yeah. I never thought about that. You see what I'm saying? Man. Just carry marbles in it. Man. Man. Hunt with the Earth Dragon. Yeah. There you go. Oh, shit. I mean, so. Big. Drew's bringing out a big boy, it's so ABV time. I guess oh, is it, it is. I guess wanna, it is time wanna, to start. You talk about something I was going to start from we, low we to could, high. We but, could bring uh, Dr. Scotch in and talk a little bit about uh, some. Just leave it up there and look at it for a second. You know, Kiki Russ had a comment, question about um, that we could we could talk to her. Okay. So all right. So what are we doing? Is doc is the doc coming in? Well, hold on just a second. We got a super chat coming just a second. Oh no way! Oh man, I need some water. We do. I if I had to, I would live off a monkey's shoulder. See? Tony's yeah. got it. Tony's got a plan. Black Velvet. I forgot <laughs> about that one. <laughs> that sounds pretty rough. <laughs> what? Black so, Velvet? Yeah, I, so someone's talking about these tariffs are going to hit uh, Ireland as well. I. Northern Ireland, yes, but not... Not, not Irish whiskeys. Irish whiskeys are no. safe. For now, yeah, it's it's just single malt whiskeys. Single malt whiskeys from Scotland. Thank you, KB. KB. Scottish and Irish. Thank you, sir. Just for the record, oh, I just got, I just got a little. Was vibrating was from KB. So just <laughs> we all knew that, right? We knew that. <laughs> totally knew that. When all our phones blow up, it's probably KB or Bob, one of the two. So all right. We, so do we have a question for Dr. Scott? Or are you going to wait for, do you have a comment you wanted to answer? I can't remember what you said. No, like, uh, there was a question that, that came through Discord earlier oh, this week that yeah. we, we can do. Sure. All right. Oh, that's, that's, that's that's right. Let's yeah, get that's in Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott. All right. Oh. Come on, man.
Drew's fast on the Look trigger right there. I, I need like a, a ten second intro, not a two uh, second hey. intro. Well, I'm gonna, you, know, uh, you can only sing that song once live and record it, so it just. <laughs> All right, so before we get to uh, my phone, is that all you got? You can't even do anything more than the halftime show. Just put that robe, that white thing on. That's all I got. So (laughs) here's here's the question, right there, if you want to read it. So KT, uh, KT Tux or Russ had a question. I picked up a Gordon McPhail single ball. They've been excellent, by the way. How do those Scotch world work? How do they pick barrels? So the question is, so how does Gordon McPhail, you know, they, they have a they're an independent bottler. How do they compare versus like the single barrel or single casks you can buy around the world? The Gordon McPhail has a, has a relationship. And so they've spent a lot of years developing relationship with distilleries. So they'll go and say, hey, uh, Lagavulin, uh, Laphroaig, um, Glenlivet, Glenlivet, whatever. Mm, I love scotch. <laughs> oh, pour it. Scotch I do love scotch. DB is she? I was going to start with the lower ABV. We'll, we'll do what you. We'll start. What, you what want. do you want? Boom. This one's only fifty-eight point eight. That? No. Nope. Keep going. Yeah. King Alexander. It's forty. He's, oh. Ooh. All right. We'll start. With the We're talking about oh, flavor that and this? ABV. Yeah. Just oh, a little splash. Man. Oh, we got re- okay. Just a little splash. Just a splash of it. Okay. Man, that's an old dusty on the top. Look at that. Pulling <laughs> <laughs> out the big dog for DB Ashid. Oh my gosh. Thank you for See, that. See, Sunday yes, evening scotch, you. Drew, you broke the, the mirror. You broke that fourth wall. What's the and deal? Oh, it got resealed. Anyway. Oh, wow. Where did that come from? New York. KB. That came from New York City. New York City. So the question was around um, Gordon McPhail and how they how do they do that? So when you get a bottle from Gordon McPhail, it is not a it's generally not a single cask. Gordon McPhail goes to a distillery and either will say, I need 10, 15, 20, 50 of your casks. Or they will take 50 of their casks to a distillery and say, fill them up. So they have a they have a, a great relationship. And I'm going to let you pour that while, while you do that. I don't know which one's what. Is this one you then? This is me. Are you the? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the relationship is such that they can, they can say, I need either so many liters of distillate or so many casks. And then Gordon McPhail will take those casks home and what they do with them is completely up to them. They may issue them as single casks. They may issue them as a as a, as a specific release after 10, 15, five years, whatever they choose to do. But then it becomes their own, it's their own product. They've got somebody's distillate in either their casks or the original manufacturer's casks. And so so then again, they manage them just like uh, Compass Box does essentially. They'll taste barrels periodically and say, okay, are we ready to, to barrel or not? So the key with, with Gordon McPhail is that they can, they've got enough quantity, th- hundreds or not thousands of casks that they can blend together that I'm gonna put, it, put out a Lagavulin 10 year that will be 10 years or older. And so so the key with, with those big uh, um, independent bottlers is they, they may have casks, they may have independent, uh, you know, their own casks that they've put together and then they will create a essentially a vatting of those casks together to create an issue of 10,000 or 15,000 bottles from that. And so that's, that's where the beauty of being a independent bottler with some history is you can get lots of material. Hmm. What I find interesting about a little bit different, it's the same thing as, as that that's happening at a distillery for single malts. Okay, so Correct. Glenlivet, they do three different runs of distillate, ten years apart. They can still mix that together and bottle it as a single malt. Yes. Okay, and they can do that. That's mm-hmm. legal. That's how it does. What I find interesting about a Gordon McPhail, they go to Glenlivet and they buy 100 casks today, yep. right? Then in five years, they go back to Glenlivet and buy another 50 casks. Yep. And then in five more years, they go back and buy another 25. They can still come back home to wherever they're doing and mix all that and still bottle it single malt. Correct. Because it's, it's... They it, bought the casks at different right. times, but it's it's still stirs, ca- yeah. it still came from the same distillery. Yes. And so it didn't break the rule. It's exactly. just a little bit interesting to me. That's they can why. make a single malt. They can, they can make a vatted malt. They can do whatever they want, a pure malt, whatever they want with that. Because they can... Essentially, I mean, they have enough inventory. They have a huge amount of inventory. 
Right. So the interesting thing about so Gordon McPhail actually is in possession of older McKellen than McKellen has. Correct. Because they've been around right. so long and they've bought casks from these distilleries and sat on them, have their own dunnage houses, if you will, and that, and they've just held on to one or two that have, have has been able to last over 40% ABV, right? I'm right. sure they That's watched the, the hell key. out of that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> well, yeah, to, to and it may it. not be worth anything. You know, yeah. I, I've been listening to a lot of reviews talking about, oh, yeah. you know, getting that 100-year-old scotch. Sure. And, and is anybody going to break that 100-year-old barrier? And it's kind of like, well, there's got to be diminishing returns, right? After a certain point, I don't know. is it even it? good? You know? Like, you may buy that 60-year-old scotch and take a sip and be like, uh, the 25 is better. And I can buy... Well, you know, uh, a whole pallet full for right, what so I paid for this one bottle. Maybe, maybe Gordon McPhail has this bottle of McKellen that's 85 or 90 years old, and they have no intentions of ever bottling it because they know it tastes like swell and it's never going to be worth it. But, it's, well, but we're going to hold on to it so we can say we have an older barrel. That's right. <laughs> well, that's the key is, number one, it's got to be about 40% ABV to right. bottle. Right. So you got to watch that. And, and I'm, yes, I'm sure they're sampling at a reasonably appropriate frequency, be able to detect this is at 41 we got to bottle it now somebody go get the rubbing alcohol (laughs) well and and, and there are there are techniques there are ways to do that you know cold fingering or whatever to to bring that abv back up i'm not not, we're not gonna get into that tonight was a previous discussion to bring that abv back up i mean and that's that's against the rules that's you're breaking the swa rules okay if you get caught doing that if you get caught but, <laughs> but I mean, some of this is, if it's just for publicity and you're never going to bottle it, then why do you care? Yeah. Well, and ultimately, I bottle a 75-year-old uh, McAllen. You think anybody's ever going to drink it? I don't it's going to be, be no. $8,000 a bottle no. or $10,000 a bottle. No. I guarantee you, if Rob from Whiskey and Assist had, his six had the uh, disposable income to buy one of those bottles, he'd be cracking that thing open. He's a McAllen. Well, we would, too. <laughs> I would, too. We yeah. would, too. I mean, that, we don't... Look at this do thing. We, do we, do have, we have anything we hold on to? No. no. <laughs> we, we've had whiskey distilled over oh. 100 years ago. Right. Captain 3D had a nice comment What's there. What's Captain 3D say? Uh, there was a person, independent bottler, who bought Springbank cask and got in trouble when they were bottled as a and labeled as Scott, Scottish whiskey, but they had aged in Welsh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, you have to be, it, you have to follow the uh, all the rules right, the whole time. Right, to the T, right. You know, it's got to be dis- distilled, aged, and bottled. There's, there's reasons for it to be well, Scottish yeah. whiskey. I have not done the research. This would be take me a little bit of time because I've not been doing this for that long. But how often do those rules change? Okay, the mm-hmm. SWS rules, they've been in place a long time, and they're pretty constant, but they tweak them from time to they time. They do. So what happens if you had a barrel that they tweak, and now your barrel is no longer able to be called Well, I, I think that the big rules okay. are, are going to stay the same. Right. So I would, I would, the rules I would think would change to be more expansive rather than less so. You know what I mean? Uh, they're never going to be like, well... You know what? Speyside's now no longer scotch. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. You know what I mean? I think it's like now. Now we can add. Um, I uh, mean, all the rules that I see changing is bringing in like, okay, well, you can use some different caskings now. Exactly. Or you know, maybe you can do a little bit different stuff on your labeling and, and be a little bit more expensive on what you're putting in the bottle. Yeah, I can't you know, believe and, that. And provide some yeah, more. It's like, oh yeah. So uh, below forty percent or below forty-five percent now, you're not scotch. Since you, McKellen, made such a big donation to the. SWA this year and all those casks are falling below 40% will allow cold fingering. Get it back could happen. Totally could happen. Yes. Well, I mean, they could say something like that and just be like, look, as long as it doesn't fundamentally change what's in the barrel, if you're if the only thing that you're taking out is water, then okay. you know, right. maybe that's okay. Right. You know, if as long as you're not adding anything to the sure. barrel. I, it's, it's totally yeah, different discussions. Totally could but, happen. Um, I you see know? somebody else's online, Ben Dietrich, about that log one sixteen ABV. Boy, he likes to stir the waters. Well, he's gonna I love this. He's, he's gonna a, love this next talk. We're right. Have. All right. So, so I will say, you know, uh, if you are an independent bottler and you have history, you get a lot more access to bot- bottles and casks and all those kind of things. But, you know. Essentially, you, as an independent bottler, you have the ability to create whatever you want based on what you buy as long as you follow the rules of the SWA. Right. And some of them 
produce blends. Some of them produce single right. malts. Some of them produce single casks. Van Dietrich, right? You know, SMWS. Yep. So it, I think the, the whole independent bottling concept is, is very interesting. And you can Agreed. really get some great whiskeys. Yep. Um, of course, you can also strike out on a few, too. But it is what it is. Yep. But I, I've hit it out of the park a lot more often. Absolutely. I've been disappointed. Absolutely. Correct. I've, I've sure. definitely made out on that. For sure. So, yeah, thanks, thanks, Dr. Scott. Thanks, Dr. Scott. Cheers, Cheers, man. Good seeing you. <laughs> yeah, well, quick. It, it does end too soon. I know. I can pause it for a little while, but the, the song itself is, is yeah, it's pretty short. short so. Yeah, well. Anyway, what so what's, what did you pour us and what's going on? All right. Did you pour us a Belmore? All right. We are talking about ABV and how it affects flavor and your perception of yes. what you can taste on your palate, right? And so I wanted to start off with a low ABV scotch. Ta-da! Uh, but I wanted something that I knew for a fact oh, had a so lot of nice punch and flavor, right? And so I thought a little splash of Dalmore King Alexander <sighs> would be a good place for us to start. That's as low an ABV as we can go and still call it scotch. But it packs a punch. It like does. there's a lot of flavor packed in there, right? There. It's the nose but is so nice on it. What I what I think it'll be interesting as we go through and, and taste a few that are a little bit higher ABV is this is aged in multiple different casks. Six. Six yeah, of them. To get a lot of flavor mm. extracted from those casks. Right. So you you're basically it's a flavored whiskey. At this point, you know what I mean. Like it, it really kind of is. Uh, yeah, as long as it's flavored as you can be and still be within the legal requirements of right. SWA. Like they're they're putting it in different caskings, yep. but they're doing it to pull out a lot of various flavors yep. to get a, a really Correct. a big flavor profile out of this glass, right? So to me, this one offers a lot of flavor. Like I'm enjoying drinking this glass. It's it's very nice. Uh, for those of you who beat up on the king, like. The, the king is pretty does it, good. Does man. it have Pedro? Uh, it, yeah. yeah. It's got yeah, Oloroso, it's, it's got Pedro. It's freaking amazing. But it's got Cold just tons of dried fruits. There's yeah, like, yes, yeah, there's a in there. There's like prunes and plums and fig and how, it's how, just, However, it's good. however, the ABV is, you know, is low and well, it's forty. It's and, as low as it can I go. I mean, it's as low as it can go. <laughs> right. it, boy, it would be nice to have a higher a little bit. I think, but does it affect well, it or not? Well, it, it does. But I think that what I want to point like out the, with this really? versus some of these higher ABV scotches is like this Tamdu, for instance. Mm -hmm. So Look, the Tamdu, it's got a star on it. Like that one's no joke. It's uh, this is a Tamdu batch one. It's fifty eight point eight percent ABV. Uh, it is a punch in the face. Uh, so this is like a bottle and a half of King Alexander if you're talking about alcohol no. content. Sure. Only aged in sherry, but a, a fair amount of the flavor profile that you get out of this glass comes from the whiskey itself. And the high ABV lets you get into a lot of what the, the scotch has to offer. And then you can bring it down and step it down to access, I think, more and more of the flavor. So I think huh. this will be an interesting contrast to that. You can't read it, can you, without your glasses? Um, yeah, I mean, I... It's everything but PX. It's everything but, yeah, Madeira, there's all sorts of weird... Uh, Cab, Oloroso, Madeira, <laughs> everything but PX casks. Yeah. That's a really nice glass. It though. is. It's a great glass. So does... So going back to the point, how does ABV influence or right. not influence flavor? So earlier this week, I, I put a post out to patrons to to under to ask them what how does the ABV impact your tasting of a whiskey and and Tamar and Scotch on the Bayou and Saturday Evening Scotch or Sunday Evening Scotch Captain 3D Captain, th Captain 3D uh, responded with some some very interesting comments now the key is if I summarize their three comments up it essentially is it. It's got more whiskey for your whiskey, but you gotta you gotta add water to get it to where you want it, and I, I don't know if that's so overly simplified or I, what do you think? I think that to me you are talking about a a case where you can take a glass of whiskey and you can personalize it to your specific 
individual tastes. Okay. So, like, I can I can sit here and drink this Tamdu batch one neat. No problem. It's Love great. It. Great. It's, it's lovely stuff. But it is hot. I mean, it's, it's a big, bold whiskey. So adding a little bit of water helps bring that alcohol content down, and it lets you get into some of the flavors that this glass might have to offer that you might not be able to access because of the high ABV kind of yep. hitting your palate and masking some of those flavors. Yep. So uh, oh. you, you summed them up. I, I just read through them real quick again. And um, I think these are these four comments all come from people that have mature palates too. They're, they're definitely, yep. they're not new to the scotch whiskey drinking game. And, and so they've had a chance to, to explore their palate and they, you know, understand that and but they all lean towards the higher abvs 46 and above but with that saying using water to come back down to to something that's more approachable and everybody i mean 60 percent abv is is hot it but, burns it's, it's oh, not oh yeah but, okay. it's not always fun <laughs> but the, 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 let's ask the original question of that you were saying does it change the flavor and it it, it very much does i mean so you can get that neat right now, and it's got a flavor profile in it. But we put some water on it; it's gonna well, change it. Right. Not most of the time. Most of no, the time. No, I guess. Yes. I guess to your point is a, a let's just call it a forty-six ABV or even fifty ABV or around that forty-seven, right in the middle. Forty-seven yep. ABV. You add some water to it; it's going to change that taste of that whiskey. Yes. without a doubt. Yes. You do the same thing with the forty, and it's it's going to change it. It will. But it but it, a hell of a lot worse. More watered down. You put some water know, on we've this. We've had some that Ruined were forty percent that were actually. I'm sure it would. I did. Well, but the question is, so if you take a a, a fifty, what is it, fifty-eight, 58 or 88. and and pull it down to thirty-five, does it ruin it? I think it can hold it hold it more because of the higher ABV. Well, so correct, but take take a forty percent and take it down to thirty percent, and take a and take 58 a fifty-eight take it down. and take it down to thirty percent. Is it better, or is it the same issue? There's the baseline. That's, that's exactly the point. That's, that's, that's the money. Water and ABV will influence flavor, period. Correct. Absolutely. The higher ABV, you have more wiggle room. Correct. Well, here, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. I did a glass of the King. I didn't put any water on it because it didn't need it. I wanted mm -hmm. to taste it at 40%. Mm -hmm. Then I poured a glass of this Tamdu, and I can tell you that on the nose, it's wonderful. On the palate, it's great. But I can tell you right now, drinking that 40% and drinking this, I'm missing stuff in this glass. The 40% ABV, just because it's lower, yes. the alcohol doesn't shock your palate, and so sure. you can taste everything. When you take a sip of this, okay, it shocks your palate, and it doesn't let you access all of those flavors. I fried the crap out of mine when we did those that blind. Oh, yeah. 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 I was trying to do a Tamdu batch, batch so, flight. I'm like, Woo. So, guys, let's, let's flash back. Um, I, it's a roller coaster, right? Oh, let's sure, flash right, back right. The, last, the, the last two years, let's say. Fair enough. We have been on a cast strength ride. Have we not? We, Love it. We've been loving it. <laughs> because Absolutely. So, so it's, it's been a learning experience for us. We've, been, we've learned a lot more. Let me tell you something. I have come down. I am actually on the lower ABV right now because I'm starting to appreciate some of the finer, the easier drinking, smooth that I can get to. It's like a Dalmore King. I can appreciate where it has right oh, there. It's so so good, it's, yeah. it's weird how you kind of go, it still goes back to your personal palate yep. um, and how things are. It's almost Correct. like, it's like um, I had a friend tell me once, he's a huge sushi lover. He's like, you know, most people, when I, I do it, when you get sushi, I put soy sauce and wasabi together oh, and everything else, right? It's man, great. I love but, he, but his thing is like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because I want to add the flavor. So he's like, that's not what it's intended for. He said, the, the sushi maker made it like this way for you to eat it that way. Don't put that stuff on afterwards. So is, yeah. is it safe to say that the, I don't know, I like the distillery said, rice. hey, I, I made it at this. It's like don't... salting and peppering your, all yeah. your food before you taste it. I, I think it's two different things. If you've got somebody that's bottling at cask strength, they either think that that's the optimum ABV to drink it at, or more likely they're saying experiment with it and find your level. Right. I, you I know, trust you as the drinker to find, figure find out the, the best spot way that you this. like the best. Because let's be fair, you're getting much more mature palates buying cast strength whiskey. They, you know, most newbies aren't going into a store and looking for a 60% ABV whiskey, <laughs> right? Correct. But I think that a lot of the 
That's a good point. I, I agree with you that a lot of, I think, 40, 46, especially if you get in where they're, like, dialing it into a specific ABV, like, they're doing that intentionally. They right. think that that is where it needs to be. And we've had a few that were, like, dialed straight in that wasn't a market employee or something crazy. You know what I mean? But they were dialed into a specific point. And, and they were good at that point, you know? And then you put a little water on it, and you're like, no, no, should have stayed. So, Jason Coates, come on, man. Is it a kilt or a skirt? I'm kidding, man. I, it's a good point. You're, you're absolutely right. So, actually, to his point, and then also Sunday evening's point, I think it's a kind of a cool experiment we could do real quick. Why don't we pour this? Sure. All of us pour this if you can, or whoever can. Damn do? Yeah. And, then, and you pour one drop, I'll pour two drops. And let's just try and bring out the ABV and see if there's a big difference in flavor. I can tell you right now, because I just put some water on this. Neat. It's good. But I can tell that I'm missing some stuff. Get a different, I, get a different scotch. I put just a, get one of the SMWS. Just a little bit of water on there, and it brings down that alcohol content. I'm probably, I'm still at probably... 52, low, Yeah, low 50s. But I can get all the brown sugar and vanilla. I mean, it's it's just a so much richer, flavorful wow. palate now. Scotch one's no joke. It's good. Yeah, so it's really <laughs> the, the thing to keep in mind is There's, let's talk to right. uh, John Glazier. Let's talk to some of these master blenders. What do they do? They take a cask, they bring it down to twenty percent ABV. Every blender takes it to twenty percent ABV before they blend it because that is where they get all the flavors out of it. Well, and. To be fair, like as a chef, I'm not I'm not making a dish and sitting down and eating a whole portion of it to see if it's okay. I'm tasting the sauce. I'm relying on my judgment and my experience to know that the seasoning is right, how I'm doing the fish is correct, everything is, you know, done the way that I want to do it. And, you know, I'm tasting things here and there and altering small things. And I'm sure that a master blender, it's kind of the same thing. You've done it forever. Mm -hmm. You know exactly what you're looking for. So when you're watering that down, I mean, number one, you're at work. You're not sitting there drinking 12 grams and getting smashed, right? Like, you need to take a little sip and make sure that, that the palate is lined up the way that you think it should be. And you need to do it at a level that's got a consistent basis, that's a baseline. You know what I mean? So taking it down to 20 or 30% makes sense. You know, you're, you're still going to be, you know, in control of your faculties, your palate's well, not burned out. Well, that's the key. Is that you, you can pull all the flavor nuances out of that whiskey at 20% ABV that you can't do at 60, you can't do at 40, even 46%. You can't, so what they do is they, they and, and so okay. these, these are, this is where the genius of a blender comes in, is they can, they can take a, a sample at 20% ABV and say, dude, that's coming in at 60. Ooh, yeah, I need to, I need to bottle that at 50. It, it, I could taste it at 20 and know that if I if I can sell it at 50, it's good stuff. I don't know if they use well, the, the term dude I, in Scotland as much as we do here. <laughs> I would think that it's probably more like, you know, I think that this, this is ready to bottle. The flavor profile is where I need it to be at. Let's taste it at a few different ABVs and see where the optimal ABV for F bottling fair is. Fair point. That right. may happen as well. Yeah. So, you know. Very similar uh, in, in ABV here, 58.3. I don't want to use this Tamdu because we've been all sipping on the Tamdu. You, your, your palate's already tuned into this thing. So we're going to use a different scotch. We're going to pour four, and we're going to put different levels of water on them. Okay. And we're just going to go around the horn and see. All right. So I'll pour, I'll pour the scotch. We got the, no, we, we gave that away. There we go. I'll pour the scotch. <laughs> Somebody else does the watering. Just do, use a oh. cap. Use your cap full. One cap, two cap, three no, cap, we got, four. We've got pipettes down there, I think. Can we get some pipettes? Oh, I don't know. We've used a lot of equipment over the years. You know what the problem's going to be? Different volumes of alcohol. If you want to be very precise, we should have had Dr. Scotch bring over some graduate cylinders. I'm pretty cylinders. close, I could have brought a pipette from work. I'm pretty close. You, you got a better hand than I could have. I could have put five pounds no, of I trust you. <laughs> now you say it. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be fine. Yeah, I think we're close enough. <laughs> no, I'll have to wing it. Wing it. Scotch on the Bayou has a very good point. There are very there's a lot of variables that influence uh, taste beyond ABV, environment, temperature, mood, time of day, how many beers, you know, what you've eaten. You know, I mean, all, all of that does have an impact. But I think ABV. 
I don't know that it has an impact on the flavor per se. I think it has an, a much more of an impact on how accessible flavors are. Okay. I think that is the key. I think you, you, you have just... Bottle? Well, we got... No, 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 that water bottle you had. Yeah. I'm going to use the cap. You're right. So I, I would say you're right. I think uh, Sean just hit the, the, the nail on the head right there is the ABV will allow you to access different flavors from the same whiskey. So if you t if you pull it out of the barrel and it's at 60 60% ABV, as you add water, you do a zero cap. Different flavors will come out. And so that's Shit, where your master right. blenders zero will cap. tell you that One I cap. want this whiskey at a certain ABV because I can I can access these flavors that I really love. Yeah, if you pull it down to 20% ABV, you're going to get different so different flavors. Zero. One, what? two. Look. He's, he's doing his magic up Let, there. Oh, sorry. Hey, so keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in 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 a minute, Mark is going to tell us what his formula is for watering these whiskeys, so we know exactly what we're doing here. So what's the ABV in this when you're watering it down? Fifty-eight-three. So okay. for those in the podcast, Mark has started with a pour of forty-four. It's a Scotch Malt Whiskey Society bottle, forty-four point one zero six. Jam packed with is, fruit uh, wood, which is a fantastic whiskey. Yes. So Craigalicky? It's a fifteen year old uh, I think whiskey. It is Craig mm -hmm. That's Dan Gagetti. Dude, you're awesome. <laughs> He's the youngest SMWS mem member of the four of us. Well, because you're of not the, even of the three, three of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I got so, I got three other guys I know. I, I yeah, oh. Still. Anyway, we've got this is neat. <laughs> this is this is just, you know, right out of the bottle, so fifty eight point three. This is one bottle cap. Two bottle cap, three bottle cap. So if you think about how much water is in the three bottle cap, I mean, they all started off with the same amount. This is of, probably about twenty five percent. Well, two two drops or two uh, caps. Three, three caps. Three, in three caps. caps. Oh yeah. yeah, that's probably down. It's above it's twenty eight. It's still above twenty though. I'd yeah. say it's oh. probably thirty. Yeah. Thirty ish. That's so a lot. I'm gonna it's I'm half. gonna start. With the low the three caps, and I think that's probably wow. the right way to go too. Ooh, it's flavor. It's the keep nose them in order. Or we're gonna get screwed up here. Do we need to keep my glass open? The here. difference on the nose between those two is significant. Significant. Pass it around. Between man. these two, what's not what as much? One? Most water. That's three, caps. that's three caps, and then two caps, two caps. one cap neat. Ooh, this is yeah. It, it brings. It's like it. It does. It tightens up. Stand by. That's interesting, man. I'm just hitting the nose right, right quick. Exactly. Mm, God, the richness on the nose on the on the one cap is really nice. The the three is much more that, that aromatic the on the nose. The, it is watered down. I know. Oh. Dude, <laughs> neat neat on this bottle. It's just oh. it's tight. There's not there's no nose on it. It's weird. That actually tastes better to me. Okay, so there's there's one well, cap. Because it's too watered down. I'm going to hold it in my hand, though. Wow. Zip. Okay, I like this one better than those. Ooh. Yeah. This is, I don't know, what, what, this is two caps? Or no, this is one, one cap. cap. So this is brought it down from 58 to uh, 51. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I man. can't believe how much water's on that. It's still very flavorful. It's <laughs> right? That's, it gets really good. Right. All so, right. So, so then try the meat. And those like, and that's good. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So which, which one you got here? That's two? That's two. And that's three? That's three. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get past the nose. It is. It's just the, 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 the neat is... So, Ben, I mean, I'll say you, you're great that you don't water them down, but the neat is just too tight. It, it doesn't have... That's extremely this interesting. This three is really nice. Wow, though. The neat... I don't know. That meat's really good. It's you gotta get pat. You got a layer of that heat, but there's something cooking underneath there. And when you go, I'm gonna go back to that number uh, one again because I think that that like that heat layer is gone. I wonder if that sweet layer is still there like it was. Is this what That's is this? The three. That's the three. I, want, I haven't I tasted them yet. I haven't done any tasting. I haven't tasted. You haven't. To me. It's that's an interesting experiment. The. The three capfuls, which is probably down to about, I'm going to say 30% ABV, um, what do you got? still has a ton of flavor. That's two. 
Um, still, I, I just in had fact, three. I could get to a lot more flavor than I could with any of the other ones. Like it was much more accessible just because I could get past the, the alcohol was pushed to the side and I could get to all the flavor that was left underneath, which was actually very interesting. So, and, and then it tightened up as we went up in ABV. Sure, and, sure. And expected. by the time we got to the neat, now, I mean, you've got to give your palate time to adjust a little bit, but I don't think I could get to all the flavor that I got in the much lower ABV version nope. because you, you just couldn't get, get to the it. Heat. No. And even it's the like one capful was, was still very That's hot and case. very potent. This is the one? Two and yeah, three actually two. seemed the optimal levels to, to get to the flavor. So let me, let me ask this. I, I'm, I'm experiencing this. So is it possible to have three caps? This is what I'm saying. I, I'm saying I have three caps. Yes, it's, it's definitely much tamer, and I'm getting it notes in there. Two caps, a little bit tighter, but it's like opened up a, a, a set of notes that I'm not really as fond of. If I put one more cap in, all of a sudden it got really good. But then at, at one, at one, I, I like the nose. At three, really love the nose. Two, not so much. Two, yeah, were, I, I agree with that one. Two, where there was a, I, it, maybe it's just not the right level of water, but it yeah. opened up a note at that level that I really didn't enjoy. That is completely possible. Yep. Because based on the solubility of different compounds in the water versus alcohol, as you add water, certain compounds will come out on the nose. And so there are, yeah, every, and everybody's nose has a different preference. So once you get, it, you, when you go through that range, you're gonna hit, you're gonna hit compounds that maybe you don't like. And hmm. that's, that's absolutely possi possible. I think the one is my favorite so far. No, I would say, no way. I didn't see a whole lot Not of difference between the one and neat. I thought they were extremely similar. Mm. And I think it just needed to get to a level of ABV that you started getting some of those volatile chemicals coming out of solution to access on your nose and on your palate. And, and two had more, although the nose was very different, but, but there was more nose to get to on, on two capfuls. And then by the time I got to three, it was, it was a very different so, drink. So what's going to happen here? Are we all going to fall off the high ABV wagon nope. and go yeah. into the, you know... Well, I don't, I don't think that, well, the other part of this experiment is, you know, you get to the high ABVs and it does shock your, your palate, you know, and, but after a few sips of it, you start to get used to that level of ABV and you do start to be able to get to some of those underlying flavors, but it's still not as, it's not the same. It's, it's not as, it's not as easy as it is. You just put some water on it and get there. Three, two, one, neat. So I'll go on and say, I can definitely see why, as a blender, uh, you're putting this together, why you would always water down to a, the same constant ABV. I'm yes. all, from all, from now on, I'm all 25%. I want to compare maybe? apples to apples. Right. But to, to me, I, don't, I, I can't tell you right now what that ABV is for me. I'll tell you, I, I would have to get to know that. I would have to actually start measuring this and find out where it is, because I think it varies. It's, it's amazing to me the difference of these. It Honestly, it, with this bottle and and where I am right now, I really am liking the most watered down one. Really? Oh, me sad. too. Yeah, it's got um, the, it's got it's got depth. But it's got I think layers. that, that yeah. also depends on what you're drinking, which is why they bring it down to a very low, consistent level, so that you are comparing apples to apples. And so, if you watered down any other bottle that we have on the bar yeah. to the same level of ABV. It's going to show different traits and different volatiles and, and yes. a whole different experience than that one will. And then if you're blending and you're mixing them together, you know, that kind of lets you know where you're at as far as, you know, what flavor profiles are coming so out. So let me ask the out. question, then. How do you guys feel about our ratings and, and, and how we rate a scotch when we talk about how it holds water or how water affects it? I, I think it's a different, it, it's, it's apples and oranges. Because for us, for our rating system, we are rating it based off of if I am an average consumer going to the store, buying a bottle and opening it up and pouring a dram, right? Correct. And so most average consumers are either going to drink it neat or they're going to put a little water on it or maybe have some ice, right? Exactly they're not going to measure anything. They're not going to get it down to nope. a specific ABV. They're just going to pour a little bit of water on well, and go for it, you know? And that's what point. we do. We do that's it like mold. anybody else that is buying that bottle yep. is going to do it. 
That's a so, very good point. What so, we so I, in this, last Sunday, we had a Super Bowl party. We had two non-Scotch drinkers come by, went to get inter- introduced to Scotch. I was one of them. <laughs> I pretended to be. In, in both cases. <laughs> Kill Karen. I've never heard of that before. Teapot. So, you know, between the two of them, they they had different experiences with whiskey. They were different ages. All that kind of stuff. And so we we started with some some fairly basic whiskeys. And I learned that you know, one was like, this is good. I need a little water. One was, this is too hot. I need some. I need some. I needed a rock or a little piece of ice in there to dilute it and to cool it down. And so that's going to be typical. You're going to have. I'm, I'm not. I can't drink even forty percent ABV because I've never done it before. Right. And yeah. most people haven't. And so yeah. that's. I think. I think our. We need to con- maintain that consistent. Sure. Formula. I, I'm not trying to break it, but it does make me think more about you know how I how I perceive these yep. and how I drink whiskey. I mean, it's easy to do. We all can handle. High ABV. We can need. Oh, yeah. That's not a question anymore. And and it's easy for me to just drink it that way because I don't have to mess around with water. I'm sitting in a recliner with the 65 inch TV in my face, shooting people on Xbox, and I'm just like, pour a little bit. Right. And I I don't need to go find some water to put on this, but but if I wanted to, I could. But but to your point though, you're not going to pour something really really good and do that. You're probably going to want to experiment. I've seen you stop pour something and let it last for 20 minutes before you even touch it. That's true. And believe me, next to my recliner, the little table right there, I actually have uh, one of the little sample bottles that we use, you know, for mailings and whatnot or or, or sharing, and it's just full of water. And and if I if I take a sip of of whatever I've got poured, I'm like, nope. She needs. She just needs the edge. There's just an edge in there. I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it, but I know if I knock this edge off, it's going to freaking open well, up. And that right there is experience. Right. That is you knowing your palate yep. and yep. knowing what you like and having done it a lot. Right. And tasting that whiskey and saying, you know what? It's good, but it could be better. And putting three drops of water on it and you know it's going to open it up and be... Right. More than it is right now. All right, yeah. guys. Let's let's get back and wrap this so, up. So, does Mike, it, thank you. Does it change the flavor of scotch? Absolutely. Completely That's not debatable. Um, Completely. Okay. But now, what's what's the right answer for you? That's for you. Changes to find with out. The, with every day of the week and every scotch I, you're drinking. I can yep. say without a doubt at all that what we're doing and what you guys are doing with us, 100 percent, everything's based on opinion. Yep. Everything. Yep. Your so palate, your opinion, what you like doesn't matter. Yep. We're just sharing our thoughts with you, and I can tell you without a doubt also, water does affect. But I can also no tell doubt. you without a doubt that Tamdu Batch one is legit. That's legit. <laughs> That's legit. All right, so guys. The, the key is, uh, you know, yes. we're dummies. Um, I, I want you. I don't want you to think that that you have to spend a lot of time analyzing every every glass you pour. Enjoy your glass. Yeah. The key is you you take a sip of that glass. If if it doesn't hit you right, add some water. Add a rock. Add add whatever you want to to make it what you want. But I, I don't want you to, I don't want there's like this, oh, well, I've got to analyze every dime. I want to add one drop, no. taste it, add another drop, taste it to go the proper, no. Just enjoy you, your whiskey. You take a hit of it. If it's not, if but, it doesn't work, alter it. But you add know water, what? Add whatever. Back to the comments on the Patreon post that you put. Yes. The good point is about buying high ABV whiskey is you get more whiskey for your dollar. You know, guess what? You, you're going to get more drams out of this because you're going to put a little bit of water on it. I'm not. Well, I'm going to get the exact same amount of drams. But, I mean, so <laughs> I, I tend to go with the higher because it allows me to, to wrap it into where I want it to yep. be. But Fair not point. saying a 40% ABV cannot be delicious. Point, you know, can't yeah, 40, So anyway, help us show, guys. 10 Bye. minutes over. Sorry we took it over because we Thanks, had to guys. do this little bitty thing. Dang, but um, it was fun. Hey, by the way, do you know we have, I think, is it two or three seats left in the bus? I think we're at three still. I, we three? haven't pushed anything this week, I don't believe. Not new um, seats, no. No, so three empty seats on the bus. I'm very confident the three are going to go. So if you're on the fence about it, you better pull the trigger now. I can tell That's you this. So much fun. We actually have a place to stay in Inverness the night before the tour starts. Cause yeah, I we do. This week. <laughs> sort of like the back game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> up. Cheers, everybody. Thank you so Boom. much for supporting and watching us. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Look for the reviews on Mondays. Obviously, that lives, you know where those are and when. And uh, podcasts come out 
Sometime periodically. Try to use them. Subscribe bell. You guys know all that stuff. We appreciate all the super chats tonight uh, from everybody. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. All right, guys. Happy Thursday. Cheers.